Hey guys, welcome to the Be Different Podcast. We are your hosts, Brian and Shayla. We are inviting you into our living room to have real conversations about people being different. So come hang out with us. We will talk about real life, everyday stuff, things like marriage, parenting, and why doing life together is always the best option. We'll talk about the good times, the stressful times, and the times that you might feel like giving up. You can learn more about our story at anguishhearts.com. Don't forget to connect with us on social media and welcome to our community. Grab your popcorn and brownies and join us each week. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. We are your host. I'm Brian. And I'm Shayla. Thank you so much for joining our podcast. It is Tuesday once again. Every week. Every week. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday's here. This is a big week for us. Tuesday. We, If you did not catch last week's episode, go back and listen to that because uh, remember our topic last week? Back to school. Back to school. Some of you went back last week. Some of you are going back this week, which we today is our first day of school. Mm-hmm. Uh, some might be starting next week. I don't know. You know what? In Minnesota, they don't start until after Labor Day. They're lucky, but I want to, I want to know when do they get out after Memorial day? Mm, See? Yep. I don't know. Winter, winter. It's like winter 10 months out of the year up there. There you go. There's non, (laughs) there's your useless trivia information that Minnesota schools go back to school after labor day, but we are back in school and uh, it's going to be quiet around the house for a while. It's always a weird emotion. Like the first few weeks, it's hard to get back into it. Yeah. Again, it's it's a schedule. It's a new, um, it's a new rhythm. It's a new pattern. Um, we kind of talked about it last week, but I think about the moms. Um, speaking to you, moms out there, that maybe their firstborn went to kindergarten this year. Oh, I remember those days. Oh, just the emotion, right? The like. How about walking into school? I don't think you can walk them into school with COVID. That would really stink. Yeah. But not just like we drop off at the corner. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> it gets better, but it was, it, it's it still, it's still an emotional day. Yeah, really I think, at, you know, as a parent, you're like, you watch your kid, you know, year after year, just continue to grow. And man, you know, last year dropping our daughter, Addison, who was a sixth grader last year, first year of middle school, um, dropping her off from middle school was, I think that one was harder than kindergarten for me. Imagine this. Somebody listening right now dropped off a freshman and left him in a dorm room. I didn't tell you this. I went to the dentist last week. Well, you knew that part. Did I go? No, it was last week. My weeks are all crammed together. Went to the dentist last week and the person who cleaned my teeth, they took her daughter to college last week. Mm Mm-hmm. And we were just chatting. I mean, you know, how, why do they ask you questions when they have three tools inside your mouth? <laughs> they always do. <laughs> they always do. And so I'm trying to, you know, answer really quick and she's talking and she tells me that uh, they were getting her dorm room ready and all of a sudden these like two guys come walking in and so oh, who, who's moving in? Who's moving in? And they were like, oh, my daughter is. They lived across the, str- across the hallway. Boys across the ha- hallway. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. I said I would have been packing Addison back up. <laughs> That's what I said. I said. Now, did you say across the hall or just a co-ed dorm? She said, "Oh no, across the hallway." Oh boy, a little bit different than our Christian college experience. Not that we probably wouldn't have welcomed that type of environment, right? <laughs> we had to sneak around to get in yeah. each other's dorms, but there is something about just the safety of knowing, like, hey, I'm in all guys' dorm. I can if I want to walk to my buddy's room and play PlayStation. In my underwear, my boxers, I can do it, which I guess they probably do anyways. I don't know. Um, it scared me half to death, though. No. So we'll navigate, oh, we'll navigate that oh, in, in six years when we... Six years? Yeah, six years. 
it's gonna it's gonna fly by mm-hmm. oh anyways last week back to school go check it out if you have not already uh the kids did mention that it is hard to go back to school when it's 100 degrees still yeah it just doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like school yet yeah it's gonna feel like summer for another few weeks probably well and i told the kids last week i said you know it's like the first two weeks of school is kind of i don't want to say easy but it's like getting back into school yeah. you don't have a lot of homework getting to know your new teacher yeah and your new classmates and our son Kason, who is in third grade he said there are two good days of school oh gosh the first day and the last day <laughs> If anybody has any one of those in your family, you know exactly what we're talking about. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to hear how how his first day of school went. They will do great. I'm excited for them. Excited for you and your family to experience this too. And as we talked about last week, don't let the busyness of your schedule take away the time together as a family. So, uh, go back check it out if you have not already. We gave you some practical ways to uh, really be intentional as a family. Uh, it really just to be different. I mean, it's all, that's what the podcast is all about, being different. And we gave you some ways to do that within your family. So go check it out. Um, if you have not hit that subscribe button. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? <laughs> Please do it. We need some more reviews as well. We're getting, we're getting some more ratings, which is awesome. Thank you if you, give, if you have given us a rating. Could we get some reviews? Like, do we have to, what do we have to do to get reviews around here? If you, text, if you send a text message, one text message a day, take a minute. And send a text message to... <laughs> Apple podcast or Spotify podcast. Just send them a text message. Hey, Brian and Shaler, great. Love the podcast. That's all you have to say. Yeah. And then that's your and text message. And hit send. Yeah. Do it now. Stop. <laughs> hit pause. Uh, yesterday was awesome at church. Uh, we are recording this on Monday. Sometimes we record on Sunday, but quit baseball yesterday. Uh, church was great yesterday. Um, just really, I just love our pastor and his passion for a lot of times, Shaler, he's sharing some of the struggles that he has with um, with us as, as a church family. And says this, the greatest enemy to the life you may want may be the life that you're living. Let me say it again. Cause it's kind of tricky. The greatest enemy to the life you want may be the life that you're living. So what do you think when you heard that quote? We haven't really talked about the service yesterday. Yeah. Yet. The service was so good. It was good. It was a, it was very convicting, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it kind of goes back to, um, where your priorities are, right? And and where you want to spend your time. Yeah, so last week we talked about being intentional as a family around the, the dinner table mm-hmm. or supper, whatever you call it, whatever people call it. And so ex- that's a perfect example. Let's say you are a family that's always on the go, eating out of a, a fast food drive through line, and you never sit down as a family. You listen to that podcast, you go, I would just long to have family time. Well, the greatest enemy to that is the life that you're living, the busyness, right? So do something about it. Be intentional. Put it on your calendar. Hey, Tuesday night, we're eating dinner as a family. And we get it. It's hard. Uh, we have to sometimes navigate. Are we eating before baseball, after baseball, before track, after track? It's it's hard. It's hard. But go check it but, out. But it can be done. Again, you know, you have to be intentional um, and plan ahead. I think those are, are two, you know, two keys to being successful in that. For sure. All right. That's enough about last week. You ready to dive into this week's topic? Let's do it. All right. So we were, uh, as we always are talking about, you know, what, what topics do we want to talk about? What, what things uh, do you want to hear as a listener? And as always, we are just having real conversations about people being different, inviting you into our living room. And, and, and these are conversations that, that we would have, and we're just hitting the record button. And, and um, we haven't done this in a while, but today we're going to dive into some scripture. And so some of you are probably thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit stop right now. Don't hit stop. 
because we believe that there is something for everybody listening that you can pull out of today's podcast. But the title of today's episode is, Do You Need a Miracle? And Shay, that's a pretty loaded question. I think everybody can answer yes. Do you need a miracle? <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, well, if you think about it, like you said, it's probably most of us, right? And if we're being honest, if we're, if we can admit the fact that, Hey, we're, we're longing for a miracle. We need something to happen, whether that's in our marriage, uh, maybe it's a new job. Uh, maybe, uh, we recently lost a loved one. Uh, maybe, um, maybe that addiction is back, right? That addiction that you thought you've kicked and it's back, or maybe there's a, a past memory or a past sin that's still haunting you and you need a miracle to overcome something. I think we all go through stages in life where we just think, God, if I could just have a miracle, if I, if a miracle could just happen and, and we throw that phrase out there quite a bit, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, think about like, Oh, if I, I just need a miracle. I, yeah. It's going to take a miracle to, to, to win this game or yeah I was gonna say I I think we think a lot about you know you just said a lot of like life stuff right but we also say you know okay God let the Chiefs win win the Super Bowl you know we need a miracle you know we kind of use it true I love yeah I like that in 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 desperation um when things are hard but we also want it for those selfish victories well and we also I think we throw that word around there in a non like supernatural way too like we need a miracle like we need a miracle first down to win this football game does that really matter yeah in the big i mean it doesn't really matter um but today we are going to look at some miracles that jesus performed in the new testament the book of john specifically john is one of the gospels matthew mark luke and john so it's the fourth book of the bible and we just want to talk through uh, some of the the seven miracles within the book of john uh, some people debate that there's eight in there specifically, so we'll we'll talk about that later. But um, we're going to dive in and talk about some of these miracles. And then as we talk about these, I want you to think about where, regardless of where you're at in your spiritual journey, uh, we want you to see yourself in the story and see yourself in our conversation today. And we want to encourage you exactly right where you, at, you are at and also challenge you exactly where you are at. And hopefully after today, you're going to go, you know what? I could use a miracle or you know what? I believe a miracle is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Sound good? But I also think that you can look back and say, that was a miracle in my life. Oh, for sure. You know, it, we, we can look forward, but we can also look back and see what God has done in our life. All right. So here's what I want to start with, Shayla. Let's, as a foundation for today's episode, uh, let's look at John twenty thirty one, And these are the words of John and, and, and why he wrote down what he did. He said, he said this in, in John twenty thirty one. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So that's why John wrote these these miracles down is because he wanted you to go, wow, Mm -hmm. Jesus changed lives. Jesus resurrected the dead. Jesus healed the lame. Jesus gave sight to the blind. And he wants you to read these words and go, he can do the same for me. Yeah. It gives you hope. It gives you hope. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, what... What's the point of reading the Bible? It's a roadmap for your life. And so um, as you read through, I, John's one of my favorite books. It might, might be my favorite book out of the Bible. And I, I love reading the, the miracles. And, and as we, we jump in, um, we're going to go back and forth. So do you got, are you going to tackle miracle number one? Yeah. All right, give us, give us the miracle number one. What's, what's number one on the list? All right. Number one on the list is Jesus changes water into wine. And it is John 2, and it's verses 1 through 11. And this is what it says. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. 
Jesus's mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus's mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from about 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. He told them, now draw out, draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice for wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first sign, first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and the disciples believed in him. That's a pretty common story if you've been around church for any length of time. Uh, you've probably heard that story or even if you haven't been around church, you've probably heard of Jesus turning the water into wine and um, such a powerful story because he took something that they thought they were completely out of and, and, and turned it into something to continue the celebration. So mm-hmm. in... in in the in the Jewish times, a a wedding would take a, a week long. I mean, can you imagine planning for a week long wedding? No. Like ours was hard enough to plan. Like what, cake and some punch? Like we didn't even <laughs> do like the whole dance and dinner thing. I mean, it, uh, weddings usually last you know a few hours. Well, in, in their in Jesus's times, it lasted seven days. And and you know Jesus's mother said like Jesus, will you will you get some more wine? Like, do you? I mean, do you think she knew? that he would turn the water to wine or like, Hey, well, run, he run down to the store and buy some, like, I, you know, put yourself, I mean, that's why I love, that's why I love reading the Bible. You have, you have to put yourself in the story. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think Jesus's mother looked at him in, in panic, right? Desperation. Like, Oh my goodness. And some, she knew he was like the, the son, Messiah, the Messiah, the <laughs> son of God. So like, are you going to do something? Yeah, like, no, not, are you gonna, <laughs> you're, you will. But, but I like it. It says, you know, Jesus's mother said to him, they have no more wine. I can see her eyes being big and being like, Jesus, they have no more wine here. You've got to do something. But I love Jesus's response. He's like, woman, wh- why do you involve me? Because Jesus knew, right? No, hold like, on. If Kaysen said to you, like, hey, hey, Kaysen, you got to pick up your clothes. Somebody's at the front door. And he goes, woman, what would you... <laughs> You would not like that. No, no. Woman. <laughs> but but I, I like that. He's like, dude, my hour has not yet come. Yeah. I, and and you can dig into that um you know from a from a from a standpoint of like, hey, my hour's not yet come to 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 die on the cross, right? Mm-hmm. Um or maybe he's saying, Hey, my hour has not yet come for me to show off. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> Yeah. I'm just trying to chill here. I mean in in to put it in perspective, Jesus was here for 33 years. Well, he, for 30 years, he didn't, he, his ministry didn't start until his last three years of his life. So there's, there's no, there's no historical, there's no biblical 
miracle prior to his last three years. And so he's like, all right, it's about time to show off. Yeah. Right. Okay. My, my, my hour's not yet come. And then he's like, well, well I mean, what do you think? Why do you think he changed his mind? I, I think it was probably the look he got from his mother. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. All you moms. <laughs> I mean, Woman, I really, do I need to go clean my room? <laughs> that one eyebrow comes up. <laughs> I mean, I think he was just like, okay, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably absolutely right. And John's like, I'm not writing it down because every mom knows. Every every son knows that look. Um, so <laughs> I didn't even know you were going there. That's great. <laughs> I, I, let, let's dig into verse 6 because he John mentioned that stone jars were used for washing. And as I was researching this, Shayla they would take one singular block of stone and and make a jar out of that big block. Okay, so in our in our mind we're thinking like a, a mason jar, like a glass you, jar. Yeah, when you hear yeah. jar, you think of that. But but how many how many gallons did it hold? Uh, uh, it was verse six, twenty to thirty gallons, gallons. each jar. That's that's big. I mean, so if I, we, we think about a fifty gallon drum. Right, or a five-gallon bucket. Or five, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, people carry on a five-gallon bucket. So you take that times at least four, you know, four to six times. That's a, that's a lot of water. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, big, that's a big jar that they, that they made out of stone. And, and in Jewish culture, they would take the water from the, these huge stone jars and they would wash themselves. They would cleanse themselves because they felt that anything they touched was unclean. So if they were eating, they felt like they, they thought that it washed their sins away by, by, this, by washing this water. So there, I think there's a connection there of Jesus using these stone jars to go, oh, you think these are religious stones? Well, I'm going <laughs> to fill them full of wine. And of course, we can't, you know, dive into that whole thing about, you know, some of you probably think he filled them with grape juice. No, he, it says wine in the Bible. There's no grape juice mentioned here. <laughs> but, you know, he used something that, that the Jewish, Jewish religion, religious people were using, I think there's some symbolism there. As something sacred. Something right? sacred. As, as something to, to wash away Correct. The, um, the, the, the the filth, right? right the, the sin. The, the, sin. the sinful yeah. nature, right. Yeah. Um, and then as we continue on, so you guys are just joining us for a little little, little biblical conversation today. But I, ver, verse 9 is something that, that gets overlooked, and I love verse 9 so much. Can you read first verse 9 again for me? Okay, so I'm going to go back to verse 8. So we have some, okay. some, some, a some backstory. Okay. Yep. It says, then he told them. This is Jesus talking. Yep, Jesus talking now. Now draw out, draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. So this is, they just, they had filled it with water and yep. now he said, draw the water out. Yep. Like serve it up is what Jesus is saying. Yep. Um, and they did so. And then verse 9 says, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Read that last, after that comma, read that once again. Though the servants who had drawn out the water knew. I love that. They knew. They knew. They knew what he had already done. So he's thinking he's going to drink some water here, some Aquafina. (laughs) And they, they draw the water, they fill his cup, and it's wine. But the servants knew because they knew Jesus had asked them to fill it. Mm. And, I, and, and think about that in the context of when miracles happen, those who already believe and those who already serve Jesus, they can celebrate the miracle. They can see it. 
it's almost like a spoiler alert. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, Jesus is filling <laughs> these with water. We know what's about to happen. Like they knew, the, yeah. like they knew, the servants knew. And when we when we are on this side of the line of faith, we've crossed the line of faith, then we see some we see a transformation happening. Like it's like a spoiler alert. Like we know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like they are going to open up their hands and surrender at some point, and it's going to be the best water to wine that you've ever experienced. But we know. Mm-hmm. And do we do we really get excited about it? Like last week was baptism Sunday at our church. And to watch the baptisms of people proclaiming their faith. They've already crossed the line of faith, but now they're going public and they go down in the water and they come up with new life and the joy on their faces. Mm-hmm. Like I was sitting there thinking like, oh, I, I know what they're feeling. Yeah. Because I've, I've been there. Yeah. And that's, that's really have to, how you have to read the Bible. You have to read it slowly to go, okay, if you were the servant and you... I mean, Mary already said, hey, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Yeah. So she gave them the look. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're the she s- gave Jesus the look and first. And the servants. And then she said to the service, the Ser- ser- servants, pay attention. Pay attention to what do, you do. as he says. Yep. And, and so that he says, go get the water and they, you know, f- go fill the jars. And, and I just, I just love that. And I had that circle in my Bible from years ago of like the servants knew, mm. like they knew what was happening. They knew the miracle that was going to happen. We have to think like that when we, when we see miracles happening. All right. Miracle number two. I'll take this one. How about that? Does that work? Yep. All right. Miracle number two is Jesus healed the official son. This is John four chapter or John chapter four verses 46 through 54. Let me turn there. All right. This is talking about Jesus. Once more, he meaning Jesus visited Cana in Galilee where he had turned the water into wine and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick in Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. And Jesus says, lest you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the, w- on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign that Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. The second sign. But but I love it. Like, I mean, it, it talks about, I mean, Jesus has already turned water into wine, right? Right. And that's, that's a pretty big miracle. Miracle number one. So, you know, I wonder if, if Jesus is like, all right, started one. Let's keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I love that. I love that this is a very sh- a short story. Like, it sounds simple. It's like, hey, my son's sick. Hey, I need my son healed. Jesus is like, hey, your son's healed, and he's healed, right? It's to the point, but there's so much to learn from this passage. Like you just said, he was back in Cana where he turned water to wine. Mm-hmm. So think about this. He will, Jesus often revisits the same area to perform another miracle, right? We can learn from that. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it's the same area of your life. Right. right. I mean, if, yeah. if we're going to put ourselves into the Bible, into, into the, the story. story, right? Yeah. You know, maybe it's, you know, something that you, you, you dealt with in the past, and then you had a miracle in the past. A miracle happened, and man, the the next thing happens. The next blow happens, right? The next um, 
thing that shatters your your life happens but Jesus comes back revisits that same area yeah I love that and yeah maybe your marriage was restored at one point and maybe you have fallen maybe you have um your relationship with Jesus has wavered over the years and you're thinking I'm so far gone and I'm I'm not worthy and and I don't know if Jesus would perform another miracle well he will revisit your story and, and just like he did here, he revisited Cana to go, hey, I turned the water to wine, and now I'm back to do I'm another miracle. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> I'm back. But, uh, man, can you imagine the people? Can, can you imagine the people that witnessed, let's just say the servants, you yeah, know? They were still around somewhere, like, yeah. where's Jesus' mother? I'm scared of that lady. Yeah, we're... we're <laughs> where's that Mary lady at? The, the last time she said, do as he the says. The last time this guy was around, yeah. something big happened. And I'm happened. excited to see what's going to happen this time. Yeah. You know, it has to start, you know, it's like when you hear, you know, somebody famous is coming into town, right? Like, man, you kind of want to be a part of it, right? You want to see what happens. You want to see, you know, let's just say the plane land downtown Kansas City, because, you know, then they film it, you know, on TV or whatever. So-and-so is a arrived in Kansas City it's like yeah. wow so and so is here yeah. you know you would have to think that that the people of that city felt that way yeah Jesus is back uh in verse 40 in verse 47 Shayla says the um talked about the the father to the sick boy well he was a royal official he was probably an officer to Herod and um just from a um logistic standpoint he was probably he probably walked around 20 miles to see Jesus mm. it's a long ways there was some desperation, right? Absolutely. Like you said, like he had heard about Jesus and like, Hey, my son's going to die. I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to do whatever I, whatever I can. And you and I have walked and we, we run, but we've also, we also know like if you're walking quickly, mm-hmm. you can walk about four miles an hour, mm-hmm. but you got to walk really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And they weren't walking in Nike Pegasus back then. No. You know, they were barefoot, barefoot sandals, sandals, right? So think about 20 miles. And even if he could go three miles an hour, you know, that took him a while to, to, to go 20 miles to see Jesus one way. But could you imagine the dad leaving his son, not knowing, will I get to Jesus in time? Mm-hmm. What if my son dies before I get there? I get there. Yeah. And again, putting us, putting ourselves into this story, sometimes we have to make the effort to allow Jesus to do his work in us. You know, you'll, you'll, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And the Holy Spirit will draw you. Uh, the Holy Spirit will convict you. But oftentimes we have to move to let Jesus work. Mm. You know, a, a common phrase in the Christian world is like, hey, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just sitting back here. I'm just going to sit right here on my on my couch just waiting for my phone to ring. Or I'm just sitting right on the couch to, to go find Mr. Wright or, or Mrs. Wright. I'm just waiting on my couch to get that new job. No, we have to move and walk and Jesus directs our path. Yeah. Uh, that was some of the, the best wisdom that we've ever been told of, of like, hey, don't just sit back. You move, you walk, and let Jesus direct your path. Yeah. And I think that's what the, I mean, this this royal official, this father did that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk, and I'm going to hope that this is going to help my son, and a, a miracle is going to be performed. But oftentimes, like this passage says, we have to move, we have to walk, and Jesus will will do the work, but we also have to do our work. That's the gift of free will. Yeah. We talk about that a lot, but that's a gift of free will. Yeah. Brian, I like verse 48. It says, unless you people see signs and wonder, Jesus told them, you will never believe. Hmm. You will never believe. And I think sometimes in life we have such blinders on, right? It's, it's the sitting back. It's the not moving. 
to have God help direct our path yeah. when, when we're just, maybe we don't believe because we're still sitting there. We're waiting for that miracle to drop into our lap. Yeah. And, and, and I love that unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. We have to share our own stories and our own miracles. And that's, you know, it goes back to the, the community piece that we always talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's better to, to do life together. We, we talked about that in the intro, it, it, that life is always better together, mm-hmm. right? And we must not do life alone. And, and when you're doing life with other people, you hear about their miracles. And we have to share those miracles. So like you just said, so you believe. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'll just use, and we always talk about sports. If the Royals lose four or five games, like it's pretty common for us to lose a bunch of games in a row. But then all of a sudden they win like three or four in a row. I'm like, in case I'm like, Dad, the Royals won again. No way. I got to see it to believe it, right? <laughs> yeah. How many often? How yeah. often do we it's say that? Yeah, it's yeah. a miracle. <laughs> there you go. It's a miracle. But we have to see it with our own eyes yeah. to believe things. And I mean, think about I mean anything in life. How many times your kids say something you're like, uh-uh, you know, prove it, right? You got to show me. It's the same thing with miracles. Like if you're not around people that are that our miracles are happening, you're never going to expect one. Yeah. You're never going to know what a, what a miracle looks like because you're living in isolation and you're living on your own. You've got to do life with others to, to see their miracles. It's so powerful to, to witness miracles to then that gives you hope in your own story. Yeah. Uh, verse 51, uh, Shay, let me read that real quick. And if you want to grab your, your study Bible there, um, one of our favorite tools that we have when we read scripture. But let me read verse 51 once again. Um, This is right after, in verse 50, Jesus says, go. He's talking to the the father. He said, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. In verse 51, while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. The reason I wanted to point this this passage out, Shay, we'd already talked about that the father had traveled 20 miles one way. And when you look at this passage, Jesus eliminates space. No matter how far we are from him, he can still work a miracle, Mm. right? I mean, think about 20 miles of distance. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh, the son's in the next room. He was 20 miles away. Like you said, he had already left the son hoping, am I going to get back in time before my son dies? And Jesus like, go, your son's healed. You got 20 miles to get back. It's not like you're hopping an Uber. You're going to be home in 10 minutes. Like you have another six, seven hour walk to get back home and no phone to call home to find out is he still alive. So you're, you're walking, like you said, half of a day, most of the daylight to get home to go. Did he make it? Did he make it? Yeah. Um, in the study notes, uh, for verse 51, says Jesus's miracles were not mere illusions. Although the official son was 20 miles away, he was healed when Jesus spoke the word. Distance was no problem because Christ has mastery over space. We can never put too much, we can never put so much space between ourselves and Christ that he can no longer help us. Mm. Brian, I think that's, I mean, in, in this verse, it's talking about space being mileage, right? You know, 20 miles away. Yeah. But think about it in our own life. Maybe, you know, you're listening and you're like, dude, I'm far from Christ. Mm -hmm. Like 20 miles has nothing on my story. Yeah. I've got 20 years and maybe it's 40 years. Maybe it's 60 years of being far from Christ. And you, you just have this feeling like I'm too far gone. Right. 
And, and All I can think of that song is never too far gone. Never too far gone. <laughs> but but this is a great picture of miracles still happen. Mm-hmm. All you have to do, if it's 20 years, 40 years, 60, whatever, whatever that space is, I'm going to go back to, we have to move. We have to move towards Jesus. Yeah. And the miracle starts then. Right. The, the miracle is that first step. I, I would agree that miracle was started when that father made the decision. I'm going mm-hmm. because again, we're think about the times that we, that we're reading this. There were religion, religious leaders that had wanted nothing to do with this new, with this Messiah. Mm-hmm. People doubted him. This is brand new. This isn't 2000 years later and we're reading a book about it. Like this was in their present yeah. time. Like, okay, this guy turned water to wine. I don't know what his deal is, but I'm walking 20 miles to try to save my son. That was when the miracle started. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that, that, that space, you know, I think that that's a, it's a great visual for me. Right. And maybe it's, Hey, it's, been six months since I've opened up my Bible. Hey, it's been whatever it is, right? Whatever that space is, the miracle starts when you start to move. Love that. All right, let's wrap up this miracle. Uh, verse 53. Uh, Shall read verse 53 for me real quick, and I'm gonna add, then we can talk through that, and we'll wrap up today's episode. Yeah, hold on. I got to get, All right. my, yeah, get my, my phone. My, fine, my hey, phone open. Hey, what, what app are you using over there? The YouVersion Bible app. Of course, app. put out by Life Duh. Church. Yep. <laughs> All right, you said verse 53? 53. Um, then the father realized that this was the exact time at which, Je- at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. Think about that. The exact time. Perfect timing. Not our time. Right. But his time. In perfect Perfect. Time. Because when he got home, he asked, hey, what, when what? was when was Junior healed? Yeah. What, when did like, Junior sit up and say he's better? And they're like, oh, it's about one o'clock. And then he's like, hmm, hmm. that was the exact time. time that Jesus said, your son is healed. Hmm. Go. Can you imagine the conversations around that table? I guarantee you, even though they were going back to school, they were still finding some time to have some dinner or yeah. supper or whatever <laughs> you want to call it around the table together as a family. And, and can you imagine that conversation of like family? When I left, I had no idea if I would see junior again. It was hot. I walked, my feet hurt, but I knew I had to see Jesus. Mm. And then even when Jesus was like, Hey, your son's healed, go back. Like, Oh really? Yeah. To have that faith. Right. I mean, yeah, the doubt. Yeah. I mean, he had to walk back every step in faith going, Jesus said this. Jesus said that he would be healed. I've got to trust. I've got to put all of my faith in, in the words of this Jesus dude. Yeah. Go, go. Your son has been healed. So, you know, those conversations happened and the family was like, tell us what was it like? Mm. What did he look like? What was his personality like? What does his voice sound like? And it goes back to those miracles. If we don't share our transformation with other people, because they want to know, hey, Brian and Shayla, tell me, how did your marriage get healed? Mm-hmm. Tell me about Jesus. Why did you turn from your ways of the world to something that was in, the, in a book? They want to know, mm-hmm. right? And our faith has grown as we've shared our story. And our faith has grown as we've watched other people experience miracles. Yeah. And this family their faith grew. And I love what it said. So he, the father, 
and his whole household believed. Generations were changed because of the father's faith. Plain and simple. His whole household, his whole household believed mm-hmm. because they saw a miracle because an encounter with Jesus changes everything. And that's what the father experienced. And that's what the son experienced because the son was healed. Did we only get through two? Two. Gosh, we talked too long. I'm a, I'm seeing a series here. <sighs> All right. <laughs> All right. We're going to hit pause on this series. We actually, we're going to get through a couple more today. We just didn't. And that's okay. So we will definitely be back next week for part two and probably part three, and maybe <laughs> part four of this series. We know you guys love series. We have actually enjoyed having some series. So we will continue. Do you need a miracle? Part two next week. So you got to keep coming back. Um, but here's what, well, here's what it boils down to. We have to share our miracles. When miracles happen to us, we have to share with others because that's when people believe. And one thing we can learn from today is you just got to go. You got to go. You got to walk. Got to get up and go. Got to get up and go. And you got to have faith and you got to go. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm going to trust that it's real. Mm. And, and really that's what being a follower of Jesus is all about. That's what faith really is. You really can't see faith. You just feel faith, right? It's really hard to see it, but you can feel it and you can, you can hear about miracles. And that's where we just want to finish up in just challenging you as a listener to go, all right, I'm going to, I'm just going to believe. I'm just going to trust that a miracle is going to happen. I'm going to trust that my marriage can be restored. I'm going to trust that, uh, the relationship, uh, with a coworker can be, can be repaired. I'm going to trust that, uh, my, my addiction can be healed. I'm going to trust that I'm, I'm going to get a new job. Like you just have to have faith and just keep walking. And it may not be right now. Mm-hmm. It may be a month from now, six months from now. It might be years from now. But focus on Jesus and let him change your situation and let him change your water to wine. Let him heal the lame son. Let him him perform a miracle. And, and Shayla, back to where we began today's uh, episode with uh, the passage as a foundation verse for today's episode in John twenty thirty one. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's why the book of John's written. That's why the entire Bible was written, that we can understand that Jesus is the Messiah. Hmm. Good stuff. So good. Little little Bible study up in here <laughs> today. But again, having real conversations about how how we read the Bible and how we have to put ourselves into that story and uh, just be encouraged by it. Yep. It's a great book. We just have to open it yep. and read it. You got to move. Got to move. Now. Now. <laughs> got to move now. Hey, thank you so much for being part of our community. We are so thankful that you keep coming back each week. Uh, we really do appreciate that. We mean that uh, wholeheartedly. If this podcast, if today's episode or a previous episode has encouraged you, please share it. It helps us tremendously. It helps the podcast uh, move around those lists for people to, to see us and uh, to be part of our community. So please, please do that again, leave that review. And we always say it because caring is sharing. Sharing is caring. <laughs> Did we just say that backwards? <laughs> edit. No, I'm just kidding. We won't edit that. We leave stuff in the sharing is caring. There we go. But caring <laughs> Can- is sharing love. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. We said too many words today. We are done for today. We'll be back next week with part two of do you need a miracle? And uh, here's a situation, whatever you're going through, whatever you are facing, whatever giants you are facing, whatever valley you might be in, a miracle is possible. Have faith, put your trust in Jesus and be different. 